On today's show, we're recapping a wild 11-game day in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. The NBA is back, 11 games, weird shit going on, blowouts are plenty, big performances. We're going to talk about it all right now. So let's talk about it all right now. Let's start with the first game of the day, the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets, Dwayne Casey. Coming out of the break saying, you know, that's all right, guys. I plan to play 12 blokes. Yeah, cool. Don't know why, but he did. Um, and that, that makes it hard for us to judge everything that's going on with this rotation. But let's try. The Hornets win 105-102. Jeremy Grant was back, had 32-8 and eight with two threes. That's awesome. Sfima Kaluk maintained his starting position over the Duke Wayne Ellington. 26 minutes, 11 points. But wildly, he had eight assists and two steals. Now, I don't think that's real. But it's intriguing if it is. 33 fantasy points for Svi. Just more of a 14-team league out at this point, but that's interesting to see. Also interesting, 23 minutes for Isaiah Stewart, who, by the way, apparently has a nickname Beef, Beef Stew, which is one of the worst nicknames you could possibly have. And I know I've dropped some absolute turds on you in terms of nicknames. That is horrible. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, 7-8 and eight on 100% shooting. Hit a nice three as well. Importantly, cut into Plumlee's playing time. That's why I've been talking about him on the flyer section of the waiver wire shows. Just going through saying, hey, just hold and let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. He's a top 100 player of the last two weeks, Stuart. I think we add him in 14s. I think we add him in 12-teamers. It's trending up. Plumley had 9 and 8 with a steal and a block. Not great, but still a hold. While the depressed penis, Sadiq Bey, had 14 points in his 28 minutes. DeLon Wright returned. He played 22 minutes. 5-3 and 4. While Dennis Smith played 22 minutes and had 6-3 and 2 with two blocks. Saban Lee also played four wild minutes for some reason. I don't know why, because that was the, the randomness of the Casey rotation. But I have been stressing this, that I don't think that Dylan Wright is going to be a 12-team league guy come fantasy playoffs, because you're going to have Dennis Smith, who they're giving minutes to, and then Killian Hayes is going to return. Remember, Dylan played 24 minutes a night before injuries struck and he was forced into a large role. He's got to be a 12-team league guy, Dylan, but let's wait to see where this goes. Not a great start. I think he can drop Dennis Smith. Six points, two threes, two blocks. He just it doesn't have that upside there. Well, Josh Jackson, only 20 minutes. And that's a little bit of a concern as well for Jackson, who is more of a points league than a category league player. But let's watch to see how that all plays out because we still gave 21 unnecessary minutes to Wayne Allington. Surely he can get out of that rotation. Quick, smart for the Hornets. PJ Washington Jr., 32 minutes, 20 and nine, two blocks, two threes. Just reiterating. If he is on your waiver wire, what are you doing? He needs to be rostered in every league. While Terry Rozier was pretty poor to start, but went bananas at the end. 17 points in 31 minutes with three steals. And we only got 29 minutes out of LaMelo Ball, which isn't great. 7-5-9 and nine also isn't great. 27% shooting. Guess what? Also isn't great. I'm still holding him quite clearly. I've still got pretty high hopes on him rest of the season. But we've seen multiple times that when there is an opportunity... And yeah, to, re- to limit his minutes, Brago will do it. And that opportunity came because Devontae Graham returned. 18 minutes for Graham. The six assists are handy. Of course, you're going to be you're gonna be stunned. You're going to be absolutely floored to know that he shot like absolute shit. 
29% on seven uh, seven attempts, seven shots, seven points, six assists is nice. I don't think that he's a 12-team league guy as we move forward. Cody Zeller, 26 minutes, 15 and 7. That's fine. More 14-team than 12, but you can roster him in 12s for sure. While Haywood had 17 points in 38 minutes. Also, Malik Monk, who was getting a ton of minutes, did not get a ton of minutes. 17 minutes, 9 points. So who, while he was putting up a you 12-team-ish know, type of numbers, I reckon you can go ahead and uh, you can do what Jack says. Get that garbage out of here! Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next game, the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. We've got some interesting stuff here. The Nets win at 121-109. Jason Tatum had 31 points in 36 minutes with three threes. That's really good. Really good efficiency from Tatum there as well. And then we got Marcus Smart return. Now, he was on a minutes restriction, played 21 minutes, had 19 points on 67% shooting. Now, the shooting's not real. The nine free throw attempts aren't real. But he's a must-roster player. Absolutely, he's a must-roster player. Do not leave him on literally any waiver wire. What I said when Smart returned, it'd be very interesting to see what they do with Rob Williams' minutes. He only played 17. Now, he was still great. Six blocks, four rebounds, four assists, two points. But Smart only played 21 minutes. So Smart goes to 32 minutes. What does that mean for Williams? Because that means that one of Tice or Thompson is going to come off the bench. And Thompson started, played 19 minutes. Why they keep persisting with Tristan Thompson is nobody's. I have no idea. But they do. And that's going to have an impact on Williams. We still hold him and we see where it goes. Danny Tice, 17 and 8 in 28 minutes. Really nice from Dan. Will he maintain 12-team value as we move forward? Um, I'm a little bit concerned about that, about where where that playing time lies and what we can do with it. Um, he can be a 12-team league guy, but he's probably going to more profile as a 14-teamer. Well, Jalen Brown, holy shit, uh, 22% shooting. 13 points. Now, five boards, six assists, four steals is great. He is a massive, massive buy low with these shooting numbers. He is the 159th ranked player over his last five games because he cannot hit a shot. And it's just a wild contrast to where he was to begin the season. He'll be better than this. Buy low guy for sure. Kemba had 11 points. Not a great night from Kemba. Well, as I said, Tristy Thompson, 8 and 6 in 19 minutes. Why he plays is beyond me. On to the Nets. Kyrie, 40 and 8, 5 threes. Great game from him. While Jimmy Harden had 22, 10 and 8 with a steal and two blocks. And also, 32 minutes from Landry Shamit. Huh? 18 points and six threes. Just chalk that one up to being a fluke. John Ray Jordan played 27 minutes. Nick Claxton played 18 minutes. Jeff Green played 25 minutes. And this is without Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin. Go ahead and drop Nick Claxton in 12-team leagues. John Ray Jordan's on a 12-team league guy. Bruce Brown won't be a 12-team league guy as we move forward either. It was a rough night from the Shark, who had four points in 19 minutes here in this one. Baby shark, he was putting up good numbers, but there's no point holding on to a guy like Brown in 12-team leagues when I think streaming that spot has a lot more value when we know that these other guys are going to come back and have a real impact on his overall value. Guys, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. We're right into March Madness coming up here, so you're going to be betting all on college basketball. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's move on. Next game. It is the Atlanta Hawks, and I've got those numbers around the wrong way there. That is shame on me. The Atlanta Hawks beat the Toronto Raptors 121-120. Apologies for screwing that up. 
The um, yeah, big comeback victory for the Hawks in the end here. Clint Capella only 28 minutes, which is not ideal, but nine points, 19 boards, and five blocks. And guys, it was another shit game from John Collins. Now, he got into foul trouble, but he has not hit 30 minutes under Nate McMillan. 28 minutes here, 13 and 8 with a steal and two blocks on 39% shooting. I'd almost come into saying he's a buy low guy, but you know, I still have worries about where the hell this all goes for Collins. But buying low, hoping for a trade is probably your best bet. Big game from the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! I think the encouraging thing here is it did come when he's off the bench, but I think we have to factor in Collins' um, lack of or his foul trouble. 20 points for Gallinari on 60% shooting. He's more of a streamer than a must-roster guy, while Trey Young had 37, 5, and 6, and Fanta Pants Kevin Herter, 19 and 4, with one steal and two blocks. Not a great night from Bogdan Bogdanovich. In fact, it was terrible. Zero points in 17 minutes. I don't believe that Bogdanovich is a must-roster player. He was worth a grab. If there's someone else out there you want to go for, by all means, this is probably as good as it's going to get for Bogdanovich in terms of opportunity. Now, he'll be better than zero of six shooting. And the 17 minutes probably increased, but no Hunter, no Reddish, no Dunn. They're all going to have an impact on him when they eventually return. Now, that might be a couple of weeks away, but when they return, it's going to have an impact. So if you want to look more forward to things, I don't think Bogdanovich is a must, must roster guy. On to the Raptors, the wiki Chris Boucher. Now, we love what Boucher does, and he brought us a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. 29 and nine in 30 minutes. We know the concern with Boucher is just playing time and how much they trust him, but with everyone out, he's going bananas. Are you going to disagree with me? I know this. Norm Powell's a sell high. I don't care what you say. He's the 19th ranked player over the last two weeks. There was a stat that he's had eight career 30-point games. Four of those have come in the last month. And remember, no Siakam, no Van Vliet, no Ananobi. And you can tell me that Norm Powell's a great shooter because he's playing like a great shooter. And you can tell me he's going to remain in the starting line, and he probably is. But he is definitely regressing from here. You don't sell him for a top 90 player, but what he is doing at the moment has no chance of sustaining. It might be a 5% drop. It might be a 20% drop. It's probably going to be a 20% drop. But he is not this good. He's not going to get 39 minutes a game. He's not going to have 33 points per game. It's just not going to happen. So he is a sell high. But write it out. If you can't get a good trade, just write it out and enjoy it. Kyle Lowry, 17, 6, and 12. Shit, our shooting night, 29%, but it filled up in some other areas. Well, it was a solid night from Stan Johnson as well as a starter. 11 points, 3 threes, and 2 steals. Well, Aaron Bainsey Baines, don't look now, but Bainsey coming in all right. 34 fantasy points, 11 and 15 with 2 blocks. I'm not buying into it. He shot 27% also, which is not great for a big man. And he still remains the 291st ranked player this season. 16 team leagues, sure, go and add him. Terrence Davis was great last game. Then he had four points in 10 minutes. His value has absolutely no sustainability because he's going to be shit on various nights. He'll have the occasional big one, but we don't need to trust too much in what he does. But pretty disappointing for the Raptors to lose that one after being up pretty big late in the game. Next game, the Philadelphia 76ers embarrassingly blow out the Bulls, 127-105. This is a Sixers team without Embiid and Simmons, and they win it by 22 points. That is just absolutely shitful from the uh, from the Chicago Bulls. Horrible stuff. For the Sixers, the painter Matisse Thibel started in place of Benny Simmons, had five steals in the first half and ended with five steals, 13 points on 100% shooting with three threes. He's a short-term stream for defensive stats. This offense isn't going to stick, but the defensive stats are great. Tone Bradley started over Dwight Howard. Dwight got more minutes. 14 and 5 for Tone in 22 minutes with three blocks on 100% shooting. Howard had 18 and 12 with two blocks. Good numbers from both of those guys, but Embiid is likely to return on Friday, so their value disappears. Well, the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. 
T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Only needed to play 25 minutes and had 24 points, while Ferky from Turkey had 16 in his 24 minutes. Seth Curry, seven assists and two steals as the starting point guard's pretty good, while Shake Milton, he continues to be poor. Uh, 10 points in 24 minutes with eight rebounds and three assists. But the good usage is encouraging. Another opportunity for him again uh, against the Wizards on Friday. So if you did add him in 12-teamers, I'd still hold. But after that, you can get his ass out of there pretty quickly. Also, Vincent Poirier got into the game. That's how much of a blowout this one was. For the Bulls, Lowry Markinen returned. 28 minutes, 23.7 triples. Uh, try sell high. He was a minus 13. He hit 73% of his shots. He is shooting at career-best levels. Absolutely amazing stuff with his shooting at the moment. Sell high on this. because He's not a 73% shooter. We're well aware of that. Um, but he was good, no doubt. But he lacks in so many areas, and his value really there is tied to hitting a bunch of threes. Four rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, one block. Thad Young, only 17 minutes. That is the concern with that. Now, the line is still good, 14 and eight with two blocks. Would I drop him in 12-team leagues? I'd want to give it a couple more, but that's trending in the wrong direction. The skater boy, Zach Levine. Um... Yeah, not his best night for sure, but you know, still relatively solid. 19 points, 7 assists, 44% shooting. He had been trending down a little bit before the All-Star break. We made note of that a couple of times. Um, let's see where it goes uh, where it goes from here. And let's see what he is uh, able to bring to us post All-Star break, but yeah, not uh, not ideal stuff for the Bulls and for Levine in general in this game. But let's talk about the the worry here, Wendell Carter Jr. 15 minutes, 8 and 9 with two blocks. I worry consistently about how the Bulls use him and how they misvalue him, in my opinion. But it's not the complete end of the world. He had 3,000, about two minutes to begin this game, it felt like. Um, and that's part of the reason the minutes were so low. Would I buy low on him? It'd have to be really low. Because I know he's better than this, but it doesn't mean the Bulls are going to treat him better than this. And with Markinen coming back, with Young around, with forcing minutes to Otto Porter and Patrick Williams... Um, there is concern. Now, eight and nine with two blocks in 15 minutes is bloody amazing permanent production. It just happened in only 15 minutes. I'm still holding him. Williams had four points in 32 minutes. I don't believe he's a 12-team league guy. And I've seen Otto Porter being added in a lot of leagues. Don't know why. Three points in 18 minutes. You can go ahead and drop him. While Garrett Temper, who was consistently playing over 30 minutes a night, played 20 and had two points as the Bulls got their ass kicked and they got some reinforcements return. Um, let's move on to the next game now. We're looking at the Orlando Magic taking on the Miami Heat in this one. The Heat win at 111-103. Nikola Vucevic for the Magic. It's Vucevic. 24 and 17 in 34 minutes, just doing what he does. While Dwayne Bacon had 21 points. Took a lot of shots. Bacon with a bunch of guys out. He's just a streamer for deep leagues. And Carter Williams, nice short-term guy as well for 12-teamers. 17, 4, and 7. They decided to start Aaron Gordon in his first game back. He only played 14 minutes, 9 points. He is not, I don't think he's a must-roster category league player. He's 145th ranked guy so far this season. It's going to be a bit of a ramp up for him here in points leagues, sure. In category leagues, I am not convinced about Gordon. The Chief, El Farukaminu. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. I know they're banged up. I know there's no Ennis. I know there's no Fournier. I know there's no Ross. But there's there's literally no reason in starting uh, Aminu. Zero of seven from the field. He had two steals. Just play Chumura Kiki. Why is this hard? I know it's Steve Clifford, so that's why it's hard. But why, it shouldn't be this hard. Chasen Randall, nine points in 30 minutes with two steals and three threes. Pretty good game from Chasen, but I don't think we need to look too much into that. Well, for the Heat, 
No Bam Adebayo, so your mate Kelly Linick goes bananas. 20 and 7, four threes, two steals, one block. Big numbers. He's out again on Friday, Bam, so Linick is a must-roster player. Jim Butler had 27, 8, and 11 with three steals and a block, while Tyler Hero played pretty well, 17, 4, and 5 in his 29, and Kendrick Nunn. The 29 minutes is encouraging for Nunn. The usage and production has dropped off for sure. Um, I think we're moving into drop territory here for Kendrick. He's the 140th ranked player over his last six games, and that is without Bam Adebayo or Avery Bradley, who are going to be out again on Friday, but they will return soon, and that's going to really have an impact on him. Don't drop unless there's just a guy that you need, but he's in that droppable zone. Dragic had 11 points with five assists in 26 minutes. Well, Dunk Robinson, I've said this a million times as well. Get that garbage out of here! He's 160th this year, nine points, three threes. He's a three-point streamer. Literally, that is it. While KZ Okpala started in place of Bam, five points in 11 minutes. I wish they'd give some more minutes there to him. While Chris Silver, interestingly, in the rotation ahead of Precious Achua as the backup center. Didn't really expect to see that. Guys, Bilt Bar. We've been telling you all about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. It is Bilt Bar Madness. Today's matchup, Caramel Brownie and Cherry Barcia. Got my Cherry Barcia bar right there. There it is, Bilt Bar. Um... I think I'll take, uh, I'm not as big a cherry fan as I am uh, caramel, so I'll take caramel brownie in that matchup. And then matchup two is one of the new flavors, lemon almond cheesecake versus a special edition carrot cake with walnuts. Lemon almond cheesecake's the one there for me in matchup two. So for you to vote, go to builtbar.com and cast your votes there or go to their Twitter account at bar underscore built to cast your votes for the best tasting protein bar ever. And when you go to order, promo code's locked on 20 and that gives you 20% off your next order. Locked on 20 gives you 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, next game. The Knicks and the Bucks. Holy shit. That is an absolute blowout. 134 Milwaukee, 101 New York Knicks. Very hard to judge too much out of this. Rowan Barrett, pretty good game from Barrett. 22 points in 29 minutes. While Randall, the double royal. Uh, yeah, he was uh, pretty much a triple single in this one. Seven points in 29 minutes for Randall on uh, 25% shooting. Eight rebounds and six assists. We don't panic about that. Reggie Bullock had eight points. Nerlens Noel played 22 minutes. Alfred Payton had 10 points, while quickly had 15 points on his usual shit ton of shots. Um, really hard to judge too much here about the Knicks. I will give credit to Alec Burks, who had 17 with eight assists, and Taj Gibson, who had two steals and two blocks. But it was just an absolute ass-kicking. We get no indication of what uh, Tom Thibodeau is doing with his rotation in this one. Very hard to roster Emmanuel quickly in 12-team leagues, just with how, again, no Derek Rose in this one, so with how that judges or how he uh, how Thibodeau uses that rotation, very hard to roster quickly. And Nerlens Noel, not great, but I'm still holding on to him. Just overall an absolute destruction. For the Bucks, Yanni Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 24, 10, and 10 with a triple one in 29 minutes is awesome. Brooke Lopez, five blocks in 14 points in 25 minutes. Awesome. Chris Middleton, 14 and five. Drew Holiday, 11, three and three in 25 minutes. They just went half-assed. They didn't have to do anything in this game. DiVincenzo, you can drop him in 12-team leagues. While Bob Portis, that's three shitties in a row from Punch Bob. Eight points, 20 minutes, three rebounds. Blowout, didn't do anything. Is Bob Portis back to being Bob Portis? Yes. I'd be at 10-team league, clear drop. 12-team league, I think he's a droppable player. And if you want to know how much of a blowout this was, someone by the name of Mamadi Diakiti, 
played five minutes. Now, I think Dear Kitty's a pretty interesting player, but uh, plenty of people who even listen to this podcast will have never heard of that bloke, and he played uh, five minutes. Pat Connaughton been getting a lot of minutes and did not get a lot of minutes in this one, but very hard to take too much away from that game given the absolute ass kickery that did go on. Let's talk about the next game. Speaking of ass kicking... It was a blowout between the Pelicans and the Wolves, but not the direction you expect. Minnesota, 135. New Orleans, 105. Jalen Noel. Now, I've talked about this guy a lot, and I said he is going to jack up shots, and one day they're going to go in. They went in. 28 points, 6 threes, 85% shooting with 6 assists. Don't overreact to it. The 47 fantasy points are nice. If you want to add him in 12-team league, sure. But this is a really high watermark. The guy I'd be adding is Jaden McDaniels. 26 minutes, 20 points, 4 threes, 2 steals, 3 blocks. Now, the 89% shooting is going to fall off. But he looks to be the guy that's going to get those minutes over Vanderbilt. Now, Finch can change his mind pretty easily, but that was encouraging. And Naz Reed, 24 points, 24 minutes, sorry, 15 and 4, 2 steals, 2 blocks. We know Reed fills it up. But this was a great opportunity for him to get more run. And he played next to Towns. Townsy had 16 and 7 with two blocks. Didn't shoot well, but not bad. While uh, Ricky Rubio, six points, eight assists, two steals, and a block remains must roster. Pretty good night from Anthony Edwards. 27, 4 and 2 with three steals. Still not great on the uh, field goal percentage, and the usage was sky high, 31%. And you're just going to have to deal with poor uh, poor field goal percentage for him. This is just what's going to happen. Um, and we know that that's, uh, that's just going to be the case. And you have to adjust to that on your team if you do have him, for sure. There's no way around that. While uh, Jared Vanderbilt, you can uh, you can do this one to him. Get that garbage out of here! He needs 25 minutes. He's not going to get him. 2-6-4. and four. While Josh Okoge played 23 minutes after being out of the rotation because McLaughlin, Russell, Beasley, and Jarrett Culver were all out. For the Pelicans, my man Kyra Lewis. 11 points, 22 minutes, 4 assists, 3 steals, and 1 block. I don't care. He's actually good. He's going to be good. Whether he gets the opportunity to be a 12-team league guy this year remains to be seen, but with JJ Redick out for a short period of time, maybe a long period of time, and Eric Bledsoe continuing to be Eric Bledsoe, Lewis is a stashable player. I wouldn't get overly excited, but he's stashable. He's better than Alexander Walker, in my opinion, who played 25 minutes and had 10 points. But again, just such a blowout. Hard to judge too much. Now, I can judge Eric Bledsoe because he was terrible. Two points in 21 minutes on 13% shooting. And I don't care because Eric Bledsoe's blocked me on Twitter, so I can say whatever I want. He was garbage. And I've been a big Eric Bledsoe defender in the past. He just wasn't good. And he looks like he goes half pace so much this season. Zion was okay, 24-5-2, but low assists and horrible free throws. We're regressing a little bit with his free throws, which is somewhat of a worry, while Ingram was not particularly good here either, 13-3-4, just a rough night all round. Big game from Steven Adams, considering where he's been, 13-12 and 12 in 29 minutes, but I still don't think that he is absolutely a must-roster 12-team league guy given the way that he's been playing. And uh, Jackson Hayes had 11 points in 11 minutes. But ugly as shit for this game, much like it was for that Knicks-Bucks game. Very hard to get too much out of it. But the excitement of McDaniels, Noel, and even Kyra Lewis are things for us to take away. All right, let's go on to the next game. The Dallas Mavericks go down to the Thunder. 108-116. The Mavericks rested Porzingis and Doncic. Mavericks fans absolutely hate this, that they rested them. But I get it. you got to have... A really compressed second half of the schedule. These guys need to be preserved. Yeah, it's not ideal to lose to the Thunder, but you've got to, you've got to be careful with these guys. Josh Richardson went off. 27 points, 35 minutes, 3 threes, 6 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Great shooting. But no Doncic, no Porzingis. Don't read too much into this with Richardson. Not a 12-team league must add. I think Maxi Kleber is. 28 minutes, 14 points, 4 threes, 2 steals. Really coming into his own. While, of course, with no Doncic, Brunson went bananas. 26, 4, and 3. He is really good. 
I think he does have some back-end 12-team league value, and he's nice as a 14-team leaguer. Uh, well, Timmy Hardaway, yeah, out of his doldrums, 24 points in 33 minutes. Now, before this game, he was a top 200 player. What? Sorry, wasn't a top 200 player over the last two weeks. I wouldn't get too excited, and I definitely wouldn't add him on the back of this. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein started in place of Paul Zingas. He was dreadful. Zero points in 20 minutes, while Trey Burke bumped up to 19 minutes. But again, no Doncic, no Paul Zingas. And I, why do I keep saying Porzingis? Porzingis. No Porzingis. Really hard to get too excited about the fortunes of guys like Richardson and Hardaway who stepped up in their absence. For the Thunder, Horford, 21-9, one steal, two blocks, four threes. He's been awesome. I don't think that he's a must-drop player. People are worried about him with resting games. I still think there's enough value to hold him with how well he's playing. Gildas Alexander, 32-2-6. Why, how about Alexei Pokyshevsky? You know that I was high on this guy heading into the draft? That I loved what he could do. First start, took his first free throws, 14, 8, and 3, two, two threes and two blocks. And someone yeah, posted this. I think it was on Basketball Monster. They said, oh, mate, is he better than Baisley? Like, absolutely, he's better than Baisley. He's a much better long-term prospect than Baisley, a much better long-term fantasy prospect than Baisley. Now, I don't know whether they'll continue to start Pokyshevsky over Darius Baisley, who was out in this one due to a shoulder injury, but this is pretty bloody exciting. Not adding him in 12-team leagues, 20s, 18s, 16s, I'll add Pokyshevsky and see what goes on. The Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, 36 minutes, 11 points, 3 threes, 9 assists. Holy shit, that's really good. Still no George Hill. That's good enough for 12-team leagues. Now, he's been up and down for sure on the fringes. He's a definite 14-team league guy, Maladon, but yeah, that's, that's good enough for 12s. While Lou Dort had 14 points with four threes, he's more of a 12-team uh, streamer and 14-team league guy. Ty Jerome played 27 minutes as well. Didn't shoot particularly well. And after he started out pretty hot, his last two games have been rough. And I think we just leave him there for the deeper formats. All right, next game up. Phoenix beats Portland on the road, 127-121. Devin Booker was questionable heading into this game with a knee problem and ended up with 35 points in 36 minutes with eight assists. Now, he did bang it a little bit at the end, so let's keep an eye on that. But he has been really trending up recently. The eight assists, awesome. The eight of eight from the line, fantastic. Cameron Payne also playing well. 13-3-6, a nice deeper league guy for those assists. While McCall Bridges, 18-4-2 with a triple one on 80% shooting. And Chris Paul, 19-5-7. We're very, very, very good. They did bring Jay Crowder off the bench for Frank Kaminsky. What the point of this shit is, I have no idea. Kaminsky plays 11 minutes. Crowder plays 31. 13 and 7 with three threes for Jay. He's just still that 16 or so 14-team league guy rather than a 12-team league player. But this nonsense of Kaminsky playing 11 minutes needs to go. But let's talk about DeAndre Ayton, who was shithouse. 23 minutes, 11 and 4. They, they went with Dario Saric and it worked. Now... We, I think we can all understand that Aiton's not getting back to being a top 30 or top 40 guy this year. He's probably better than this, and this is more just a, a matchup thing and the fact that Sharich was outplaying him. Plus 15 in Sharich's minutes, minus four in Aiton's minutes. Um, that's that's obviously impactful. Good to see uh, Chris Paul was a minus 12, interestingly, and Kaminsky minus five in his 11 minutes. That shit just needs to go. I don't care. Frank Kaminsky, no need to play him. I know I get passionate about that, but honestly, what's the point? But Aiton struggled again, and he has had a pretty poor year, uh, the 67th-ranked player this season. Not much you can do with him. You just have to hold and you know, just hope that we get him to stabilize around that 60-70 zone. For the Blazers, Lillard had 37-8 and eight with two steals, while Cantor 16-11 and 11 in his uh, 28 minutes, while Bob Covington, a nice performance, 13-6, three threes, two steals, and Derek Jones Jr. I think Jones is rostered in too many 12-team leagues. 
Nine points in 25 minutes with a steal. He's just a defensive streamer, not a must-roster player. And Carmelo Anthony, not a must-roster. Now, Carmelo, to be fair, top 60 guy over the last two weeks. He had 13 points in 22 minutes. And McCollum and Nurkic, these guys are going to come back, and Melo's just not going to have that impact. Plus that usage and scoring that he was putting up was just not realistic to continue. Well, Gaz Trent, I don't think Gaz Trent's a must-roster player. Nice, Gary! He's the 175th-ranked player this year in 31 minutes a night. He had 17 points, but poor field goal percentage. He doesn't do anything else. And CJ is going to come back, and it's going to push his minutes way down. So if you're looking for a free agent off the wire, yeah, Gaz is expendable. Despite you know the minutes, despite the volume scoring, everything else he does is pretty harmful. And in points leagues, it's a little bit different, but yeah, not not ideal from Gary Trent in a category league. All right, so on to the next game. The Houston Rockets go down to the Sacramento Kings 105-125, but there's a lot of news from the Houston perspective. John Wall was ruled out before the game. Eric Gordon hurt his groin during the game, and then PJ Tucker. He's out of the rotation. Um, he has apparently been pissed that the team won't trade him. He needs to realize that he's 35 and not good anymore. But he won't play for the Rockets again, it looks like. Um, so that's a lot of opportunities opening up here. And let's talk about Kevin Porter Jr. Now, I tweeted this out earlier today. I said, look, with all these situations happening, and then it got even worse with Tucker out and then Gordon out, um, massive opportunity to sell high on Porter. 29 minutes, 13 points. Five rebounds, 10 assists, three steals, and one block. And that is awesome. I like Kevin Porter as a player. I've said this multiple times. But there are a lot of factors. Look who's out. Wall, Wood, Nwaba, House, uh, Gordon, all out of this lineup. Now, I can easily say Oladipo could get traded. That's a huge possibility. Wall won't. Wood won't. House maybe does. This really opened up for him here, and those assists were spectacular. But again, no John Wall. We have to remember that. We have to. You, you got to add Kevin Porter, and we need to see what happens. But I think, yeah, after this sort of game, people are so excited. People just love throwing you know, rocket emojis out there, or you know, using to the moon catchphrases about someone like Kevin Porter. So you can get a really high player back into trade. I'm not saying the Porter's not worth having because he is. But there's a lot of things, and he can be better than this for sure, right? He can be better than this. There's, there's a possibility there. He was still also a minus 17 in this game. He, he can be better, but a lot of things worked into this. Gordon, House, Wall, Wood, Nwaba, um, all out, and no Tucker. No Tucker's not coming back, so we can forget that. So add him if he's not already added. Try and sell high. Use the hype of the one game and see where you go. I tell you what's not getting hyped though. Kenyon Martin Jr. No PJ Tucker. Martin is PJ Tucker. Undersized big man. Except he's actually good from a fantasy perspective. 13 and 9 in 32 minutes with three blocks. I'm not suggesting that Kenyon Martin Jr. is a 12 team league ad. But I'd add him in 14 team leagues. I'd definitely add him in 16 team leagues. Really interesting stuff there. Justin Patton got into some foul trouble. That probably helped Martin's value there. Patton had uh, zero points in six rebounds, while Eric Gordon had 17 points, and the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, 16 in his 30 minutes. You're going to be shocked to know that Victor Oladipo was horrendous. 35 usage on a true shooting of 46%. He had 23, 5, and 8, so good counting stats, but efficiency is a real worry. And that doesn't mean shit for points leagues in general, so he's pretty good there. But you have to think that he is gone at some point. He's going to get traded. So is PJ Tucker. And again, that's going to open this opportunity for Kevin Porter. But I, what I'm saying, Kevin Porter, if you can trade him for a top 40 guy, you'd, I would do it. And and then we see where we go. You know, I'm just keep getting back to that. But that's the thing that people are going to talk about. 
For the Kings, Darren Fox was great. 37-9 and nine with two steals while Heald had 20 points and seven assists. Those seven assists from Bloody Buddy Heald, that's pretty interesting. And Rashawn Holmes had 20-11 and 11 on 82% shooting. Also, far too many minutes for Corey Joseph, but he produced well. 13 points, two threes, and five steals. Do not read into in that at all. And with Tyrese Halliburton back, Marvin Bagley played 23 minutes. This is why I didn't believe that he was going to be a must-roster guy as we went on. 11-6 and six with one steal and two blocks is okay. 7-7 seven of seven from the line is awesome. 29% from the field is not. I think that you can have him as a yeah a back-end 12-team league guy, but his recent production was probably going to fall. Halliburton played only 18 minutes. Don't overreact. He's a must-roster player. They said they were going to ease him back with his restrictions. 5-3-2 with a block. While Bielitsa got into some really early foul trouble, so he played just the 13 minutes here. Really interested that healed guy, seven assists. That's something that uh, obviously he's been bad at. And he, again, he shot horribly, which he always seems to do. But yeah, really contributing and starting to turn things around with what was a disappointing season from Bud Heald. All right, so on to the last game of the night. This was an absolute blowout as well. The Clippers beat the Warriors 130-104. Jordan Poole was, in fact, in the rotation. 20 minutes, 14 points, 4 assists. That was at the expense of Brad Wanamaker and Damian Lee, uh, with Nico Mannion also jumping in. 21 minutes, 10 points uh, there. But again, it's hard to judge too much because this was such a blowout. But deeper, deeper leagues, Mannion and Poole, you can take a look at them. Wiggins, 15-8. and eight. Yeah, that's fine. But I think the big story here is James Wiseman. Missed that COVID test over the weekend, and it appears like he was punished because he was the third-string center and only came in in the fourth quarter. He had 14-7 and seven there, and every Warriors beat reporter is criticizing Steve Kerr for this. They are like, how dare you, you, know, you mess with this guy's already huge self-doubt and um, uh, confidence issues. Uh, th- there's, there's some issues there. We'll see exactly how this, how this plays out. We obviously didn't know about this before the game, but Wiseman, um, yeah, demoted. Uh, now, I don't think he's going to come in and start anytime soon, but I think he'll be back playing his 18 to 19 minutes and not be completely out of the rotation like he was in this game. But it is hard to judge fully what to make of this one, considering just how much of a blowout it was. For the Clippers, 28 and 9 for Kawhi, 17 and 7 for Paul George, and 16 and 14 for Serge Ibaka were their leading contributors. But again, this game was over so quickly that no one needed to play big minutes. I guess the thing we need to look at is Pat Beverly had to leave after 11 minutes with knee soreness, and we know he's had plenty of knee problems. So that, I guess, is somewhat of a concern. But in terms of the rotation here, very hard to to take anything away from it, just given how much of a uh, absolute ass kicking this game ended up being. Let's have a look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Shake Milton up 5.5%. Um, I'd still hold him for Friday's game. Dwight Howard up 4.5%. Wouldn't bother with that one. He can be dropped. Justin Patton up 4.3%. Struggled today, but absolutely he's fine to hold on to. Alinek up 4%. I think that's going to uh, jump tomorrow because Bam's out once again on Friday. And Otto Porter up 3%. No, absolutely no idea why Otto Porter has been added in uh, in even 3% of leagues. So I'd be dropping him if I had him in a 12-team format. In terms of drops, Aldridge down 7%. That's a lot. I didn't think people would be that quick to get rid of Aldridge. I know he's not playing for probably a couple of weeks. Uh, I know he hasn't been good this year, and I know his prospects of finding a good role aren't high. I, I probably would drop him. I just didn't think that as many people would. Vanderbilt down 7%. He's a 12-team drop. Nick Claxton down 6 He's a 12-team drop. Derek Jones down 6%. He's a 12-team drop. And Jeremy Lamb down 5%. A pretty easy 12-team drop there as well. Let's have a look at the top, oops, top 10 players 
players under 50% uh, for today's action. Jalen Noel and Jaden McDaniels, the two Timberwolves guys. McDaniels worth a 12-team flyer. Uh, Noel more of a 14 to 16 teamer. Thibel as a defensive streamer at number three, and Naz Reed is a nice 14 team league guy. Bryn Forbes, but that game doesn't really mean much, so don't look too much into that. Corey Joseph, blowout and a big steals performance from Joseph. Campaign, really on track at the moment. Nice 16 team league guy. Kenyon Martin, I talked about him already um, playing pretty well and looking to be a, an interesting 14 team league flyer. Alexei Pokyshevsky at number nine. I think he's an interesting 16 team league ad. And Svee McKay, look, yeah, he could move into 12 team league areas, Svee. So just keep an eye on him. As uh, as things move forward in Detroit, let's now transition across and talk about Friday's action in the NBA. All right, let's take a look at these seven games. Denver and Memphis is the first game. Gary Harris ruled out for Denver. Faku Kompazzo should be back. He's not on the injury report. While Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green are both questionable. Now, of course, the status of both Green and Millsap has a real impact on where Michael Porter plays and perhaps how many minutes Michael Porter plays. So keep an eye on that. While for Memphis, Grayson Allen is off the injury report. We all know the bullshit regarding Jaron Jackson Jr., but having Allen back is a real query in terms of what happens with the guards. Does De'Anthony Melton fall back out of the rotation? Is it Desmond Bain? Is it Grayson Allen himself? But that is like 11 guys who they want to fit into a 10-man rotation, and somebody is going to miss out. So that's going to be one to watch. The Nuggets are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. The total is 228. The Sixers and the Wizards, we probably get Joel Embiid back for this game, but no Ben Simmons. While for the Wizards, Bradley Beal has popped up on the injury report as questionable with knee soreness. That is absolutely a worry. If he is out, Beal that is, I think that we get hopefully some more minutes for uh, Troy Brown Jr. But with Scott Brooks in charge, who knows? Cleveland and New Orleans, Larry Nance will return, but Darius Garland and Kevin Love are both questionable. They both practiced. I don't think they play in this game, um, and that's going to mean a shit ton of minutes for uh, Colin Sexton if Garland is out. Nance could start over Dean Wade. I imagine he will, and Love's absence will probably help Nance out in getting some value in that in that contest. Miami and Chicago, no Bam Adebayo. He's out again. Avery Bradley's out again for Miami, while the Bulls, Unsure whether we'll get Otto Porter in the back-to-back after he returned Thursday, and the same with Lowry Market. And also got to watch those minutes for Wendell Carter Jr., as I referenced earlier. Orlando and the Spurs. No Fournier, no Ennis, no Cole Anthony, but uh, I guess Aaron Gordon's the one we need to watch. He returned on Thursday. Minutes were low, but it is a back-to-back after he's back from his ankle injury, so we want to pay attention to that. While for the Spurs, Devin Vassell is off the injury report, and everyone else is ready to go bar LaMarcus Aldridge. The Rockets and the Jazz, just wild stuff from the Rockets. PJ Tucker, don't expect him to play. Don't expect Victor Oladipo to play. Don't expect John Wall to play. So their rotation is all over the shop, um, uh, given where they're currently sitting as a team. While for the Jazz, it should just be business as usual for those guys. And then the last game is the Pacers and the Lakers. The Lakers are four and a half point favorites. The Pacers will be without Karis LeVert and TJ Warren, although LeVert looks like he's going to be back in the next three to four games. While for the Lakers, no Anthony Davis and no Marcus Sol. So Damian Jones probably gets a start. Montrez Harrell off the bench. Markeith Morris likely starting in place of Anthony Davis. If we're looking at some early... Uh, DFS value, I do like uh, Patty Mills. I like Derek White. I like um, Michael Carter-Williams. Aaron Gordon, maybe if he plays. Brandon Ingram, Montrez Harrell, Lon- Lonzo Ball. But the painter, Matisse Thibel, Malcolm Brogdon. Gobert looks all right to me. Conley, uh, Jakob Pertl is a GPP guy. Love Embiid. Um, DeJounte is all right, but probably a little bit too highly priced at his current uh, price tag. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Recapping Thursday's games, previewing Friday's games. I'll be back with a uh, top 20 show, which you know, highlighting the top 20 players over the last couple of weeks. They ch- Check out that. And then there'll be a what to watch for Saturday show that comes out. 
Hey, before Saturday's games, guys, subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.